0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Welcome back. I've got some interesting stories to you today, for you today going to give you a little bit of an economic update, not like a Dave Ramsey economic update. I don't know if that's the right way to say that anyway, but uh, I'm going to give you my take on what I see going on with money and the future of things. Uh, i got a couple other things I want to get to before I get into that, which might not seem directly related, but I I think they kind of are in a big way. This whole conversation started uh, with an email between myself and a friend who's not a fan of the podcast, oddly enough. And um, I had shared, we were kind of emailing back and forth, and I had shared with him um, how much we make. And I said, I'm, I'm concerned because uh, last year we didn't save any money on top of uh, what we put away for our retirement, okay? Um, so I don't want to say we're not saving any money, but we didn't, we didn't save anything on top. I didn't put any rainy day money available, all right? Uh, this was last year. Now, we didn't, we didn't borrow from that rainy day fund either. Right, we just didn't add to it. Fair enough. So the end of the year comes, and I'd realize we've been a little bit sloppy with our finances, and we needed to do some tightening up, and it did that. But we're still not saving money. And now this year, September. Now this is a you know combination of factors. I can't just point to one thing, such as inflation uh, or air conditioning unexpectedly going. And I guess it wasn't completely unexpected. The thing's fifteen years old, but you know it's not like it gives you advance warning. Bottom line is, I I knew it was coming, but not this year. Well, that's going to be quite a bill. Um, Unexpected, right? So you throw that into the mix, and, you know, it's it's like anybody. It's like, yeah, it's a big check to write. Took a tree down out front. A a good $1,000 more than I figured it was going to cost, which seems to be everything that we do anymore. Anyway, I emailed him, and I said, look, I'm concerned because last year, I'm, I'm looking at how much we make, which is, you know, Uh, I'm no Donald Trump here, but we're we're doing all right by most measurable standards. Uh, And put it this way, a couple years ago, I mean, we were living high on the hog. You've heard me talk about it. I would say we want for nothing. I think that's about to change. I think we're going to have to start making some adjustments to our our serious adjustments to our spending habits. Uh, My son is in the Air Force. He's out in the West Coast. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, i got to send him some money for Thanksgiving. This is how concerned I am. I, maybe I'm nuts, right? This year, I'm like we had to take money out of our rainy day fund. It's been two years. Really, I mean, moving—that's another factor. So I can't blame all this on one thing. But the bottom line is, I'm looking at our costs going through the roof. And I'll tell you what it is. We don't really—we have a, a, a mortgage on our house, but we don't carry any debt. Um, you know, we we don't have any lavish, expensive hobbies. We do waste money. I mean, you hear me talking about the electric bike? That wasn't cheap. I may or may not have a few other adult toys around here that I don't really need to speak about right now. Um, you know, we, 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 do, we do waste money. There's no doubt about it. And that was part of my, you know, thinking at the beginning of the year. Is, hey, we got, we got to get a little control on our spending here. That's all. Want for nothing. I'm thinking, geez, maybe it's time to <laughs> have a little discipline. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. We're still not saving money, and I'm dipping into the rainy day fund. Like I said, there's more than one factor to that, but that's the facts of the matter. Starting to look like the, the federal government's balance sheet over here. I'm a little concerned. You know what I mean? I don't have the ability to just borrow endless money. I got I got to actually live with some level of solvency. I'm 52, right? I'm gonna I'm hoping that to retire at some point. What's that gonna look like? It's it's unreal to me, right? Listen to what I'm telling you. As we we gotta be I don't know in terms of terms of income in the top I don't 10 certainly I don't know where we fall. I don't really pay attention to this crap. Doesn't mean anything to me. But we do pretty well, you know? And I'm looking, this is, un- my wife said the same thing. She's like, this is unbelievable. We didn't even take a vacation this year. My wife did some trips. It was not like we didn't do anything. I was uh, did a little bit of traveling separately. But we didn't take a family vacation this year. We didn't have like a big $10,000 Disney trip. and We're going to go back there now anyway, amazingly. Another thing that's been destroyed in all this. Disney. I was thinking about this the other day. Anybody going to Disney still? I'm wishing my wife would cancel the doggone channel. I don't know why she hasn't done it yet. Anyway, I emailed my friend. I said, we're making this money, and I'm really getting nervous here if this inflation continues. I'm not expecting much of a change in my income, which is something that I have to look at now. I'm going to have to figure out a way to go make more money. I'm supposed to be winding down, not winding up. Unbelievable. Is this the great wealth transfer that Obama talked about? They're just going to rip off everybody who's, who's retired. Everybody, I got a friend of mine who's a little closer to retirement, sitting on a couple million dollars, scared to death. I'm like, man. I, you know, it's the same thing. You look at this guy, nobody feels sorry for him. Like, what are you crying about? It's a real deal. My, my buddy emails me back. Here's what he says. Mister got got me riled up. He says, uh, you're making that kind of money. You must be doing something wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you what's wrong, because that's what I really wanted to get to. I saw this post from Elon Musk on Twitter. He hasn't been posting a lot lately, and I thought this was particularly interesting because it's very political. He shared a post. It's a totally free, free it's a total free for all in Eagle Pass right now, which is on the border with Mexico. Mass illegal crossing taking place for over an hour and a half. Almost two years to the day, we saw 15,000-plus Haitians under the bridge at Del Rio. Now we have thousands of predominantly Venezuelans under the Eagle Pass Bridge. Elon Musk shared it. He said, strange that there is almost no legacy media coverage of this. About 2 million people from every country on Earth are entering the United States southern border every year. The number is rising rapidly, yet no preventative action is being taken by the current administration. What do you call that population replacement program? But let's not get too tied up in the the theatrics and the politics. Let's just stick with the issue a second. This is a podcast about economics, so let's stick with that, okay? So then I see this. In Baltimore... Zero students at 23 public schools were math proficient. Zero students at 23 public schools were proficient in math. Zero. You don't think that that's a problem? I've been talking about this problem. We are. God bless uh, anybody this. I know it's not racist. We we are raising herds of of uh, criminals. At some high schools, the average GPA is less than point. 1 3 77% of high school students read at grade school level some at kindergarten level high school students and remember i talked about this the other day here's the economics and baltimore spends $21,000 per student per year the sources are cited $21,000 per year and this is what they're producing how much of it is illegal immigration Then I want to mention this. This is unrelated to the immigration problem. Well, let me finish my thought on it. The economic, now I'll come back to it. Let me read this first because this is very disturbing to me. So this is unrelated. Sorry for the jumping around. You've heard about the uh, Russell Brand, that there's been these allegations, serious allegations, right? Uh, If you listen to the actual allegation they put out, which is unnerving to me in itself, they're going to share these deep trauma account publicly. That doesn't add up. Then you listen to it. It sounds like it was AI generator, for God's sake. This is from Rumble. Rumble put out this statement on Twitter, ironically. Rumble says that today we received an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair in the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores sexual assault, rape, and all serious crimes, and believes that both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do with the content on Rumble's platform. They go on to discuss this. I'm not going to read all of it to you. It's just not that interesting to hear. But they're saying that they well I'll say they regard it as deeply inappropriate and dangerous that the UK Parliament would attempt to control who is allowed to speak on our platform, or earn a living from doing so. Let me tell you this. I see massive, massive attempts to stop people like me right now. Uh, I don't know if you're experiencing this. I've been asking people; not everybody is. I saw it happen, uh, and and this is freaky. I, I don't have any evidence, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but there was a a Windows update, and I think at that time they put something on the on the machines that allow them to have more controls, and they're saying, "Look, you're not going to censor." Twitter, then we'll do it for you. The app won't even load. And it's not that it won't even load. No, 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 because everybody would see that. It's just slow as hell. Gab, Twitter, um, I see it happening within other things, deep within my operating system. It's very, very concerning to me. The fact that the... uh, A foreign dignitary would send a letter to an American corporation in an attempt to silence somebody. Crazy. And you have to ask yourself, is this really about sexual assault? I have to believe not. I can't believe it at all, really. All right, let's get back to economics a second. This is all going to tie together with the story I'm going to get to next. Stay with me. Politico put out a big story, why the White House is letting McCarthy fail. Now, listen to the wording of this. Very careful, the mind game's going on. Why the White House is letting McCarthy fail, creating the insinuation that the successful path out of this would be as easy for his Uncle Joe to just step in and make it all go away. Ah, uh uh-huh. I've watched these attacks, and the reason they're attacking uh, Kevin McCarthy and he probably won't do very well with it because he's unprepared, didn't want to do this with the impeachment. And the, and the issue here is with the budget, uh, that the government uh, is going to be shut down. I hope the hell it does. It cracks me up, the scare tactics. They're like, oh, the Republicans are only going to hurt themselves by doing this. Republicans are only going to hurt themselves and the rest of us by not doing this. This out-of-control federal government, if for no other reason than fiscal alone, but there's plenty of other reasons why it needs to be shut down, disbanded completely, put all the control, disband all of it, the military, all of it. Honest to God, this is how I feel. I would get rid of the entire federal government right now. I might keep some kind of shadow framework to just make sure that uh, coordination, you know, war didn't break out between the states, for God's sake. Would I keep the military? I don't know. I don't know. It's all become so polluted. It's it's killing us. It really is. Biden going to help McCarthy. Biden has destroyed everything. He's not going to help anything. But here's the real story I wanted to get to. This story by Howard Stern. You say, whoa, Chris, what is this? I never talk about Howard Stern. I can't stand Howard Stern. I didn't like Howard Stern when he was cool. I kind of did when I was younger. You know, his is kind of um, you know, edgy and you know, when you're young, it's kind of interesting. But but even at that age, I, I wasn't impressed by the fart jokes. You know, and don't get me wrong, everybody loves a good fart joke, including me. I'm immature as heck, but not that immature that I want to listen to it every 30 seconds. Um, anyway, I just found him to be very superficial. So now he comes out and he says this. Uh, he scolded his fans and he comes out and he says, I'm woke. He says, I hear that that a lot, that I'm not a good anymore because I'm woke. By the way, I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender, or I'm for the vaccine, dude, call me as woke as you effing want. Stern then somehow tied wokeness, which actually means implementation of uh, egalitarian principles by way of force, regardless of the consequences or righteousness, to the coronavirus vaccine. Listen to this. Listen to what Howard Stern is saying. You're going to see more of this. I'm not for for stupidity. You know, I ran out Friday morning. I was over at CVS. Thank you, CVS. I went over there at 9 a.m. and I got myself that new vaccine for covid Effing science. This effing country is so great, Stern said. Really? I am woke, mother effer, and I love it. I want to be awake. I want to read legitimate news sources. Here's how woke I am. I believe the election was not rigged, he added. Wow. Um. He went on to say some more. Oh, no, there was a piece here. I want to tell you this. you got to hear this. Hold on. The oddity in all of this is the people Trump despises most love him most, Stern said. The people who are voting for Trump, for the most part, he wouldn't even let them in an effing hotel. He'd be disgusted by them. Go to Mar-a-Lago. See if there's any people who look like you. I'm talking to you in the audience. While Stern understands why Trump ran for office, he ultimately believed him to be an incompetent president and blamed the president's supporters. Um, what did he say? Where's the line here? I'm missing it. There's more to this. Um, Doggone it. Donald Trump loves being famous. He said, why isn't it in here? Oh, no, here it is. Stern has known Donald Trump for many years and frequently featured him as a guest on his radio show. Went on to say that the president loves only celebrities and is now suffering greatly from the hate that all of Hollywood has directed at him. When it comes to his supporters, Stern hates them. And he says that uh, he blames the Trump supporters. Oh, that's what he said here. I did say it. He ultimately did be even come and blamed the president's supporters. I did read it. Many of whom are Howard Stern's audience for the mess we're in. Let me ask you something. Do you blame Biden supporters for the mess that we're in? Because interestingly, my friend that was lashing out at me about not managing my finances well enough um, also voted for Biden, although he said that now he's going to vote for Trump next time because of what it's done to his his investment accounts. I just laugh. I just laugh. What has Biden done good for the? Who's doing well? Who's doing well? I don't know. Let me jump into these other headlines. I want a bit of a schedule tonight. It's Friday. You want to get back to your weekend. Philadelphia School District Union 634 employees authorized the strike. I don't know what's happening with that. This after the governor has pandered to them and done everything. The money, showering them with money, it's not enough. Uh, residents demand preventative action following destructive flooding. <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, they'll blame it on climate change. The money's been robbed. The money that was supposed to be set aside to maintain this place has been been robbed for years. It's gone. The great wealth transfer has happened. Now huh? People are saying, well, why isn't the government fixing these pipes? Because like, the money's gone. Uh, Social Security COLA increase for 2024 could be higher than expected. Well, how could that be? Why would it be higher than? So they're going to use a, a, a inflation index to increase Social Security. That's the law. right? When the whole thing was negotiated, people wanted protection that the government's controls We on inflation adjustments. And it was—it's funny when you think about it. They, they, they knew the old people knew enough to know that the government's going to screw you. They're going to run up inflation with this index. Well, it still hasn't worked because they, they mess with that too. But anyway, that becomes the index supposed to be used. Well, I guess the Fed is using a different index. They just held on interest rates. Inflation is slowing. How can it be slowing? But they're going to increase cola even more for next year. Um, this is an interesting story. Related to economics. So I guess the good news is you social security, you're going to a little more money. The bad news is it's already gone. Prices have already gone up to account for it. <laughs> yeah, they're right. You'll own nothing and be happy. You'll be running from it. The payments, the pressure. The final count is in. These dirtbag Philadelphians erased more than $2 million in local medical debt. This is a phenomenal story. This group of people gets together and they pull their money together. These are just average, everyday people, really. They pull their money together, and they go buy medical debts for pennies on the dollar. And then they forgive the loans, restoring people's credit. Kind of amazing. But this is what's going on to get people out of the modern-day version of debtor's prison. Uh, How the U.S. debt is draining your family's finances. Maybe I should send this to my my friend. Uh, What did I see? Debt payments, interest payments alone, approaching a trillion dollars a year. How much is that for every person? $1 1 trillion divided by 300 million, that'll get us close. Let's go 330 million. So the interest on the debt alone all right? Just the interest, $3,000 for every man, woman, and child. All right? You want to know why we don't have any money left? Because we're funding the government at $18,000, dollars a year per person. There's three of us. So our, our tax obligations, all total, average out to about $60,000 a year before I buy my first cup of coffee. That's my obligation. That's not what we pay. We pay a lot freaking more because we don't pay the average, because we make more than average. But somebody's paying for it. $60,000 a year. But there's more. That does include the, I was going to say the school tax. That does include everything. The school tax is not on top. All, all, and I haven't checked in a while. It's kind of gone up. Last I checked, all t- total taxes collected, state, federal, local, uh, averaging about $18,000 a year for every person in the country. Got to be at least 20000 a year for every person. you got a family of eight. And this is what I was saying about the migrants. And this is what they're doing; these bodies are pledged as collateral to this loan, is what it's amount to. And you said, "What are you talking about? That's conspiracy theory stuff. You don't understanding what I mean. Why do you think they're letting the floodgates open? Why do you think that they're paying people like um um uh, uh what's his name, Howard Stern, to come tell you that that white is black and black is white, like you're a complete idiot? Why is this happening? Because we're bankrupt. They're desperate." He's gonna. You're not saying stupid things like that because you're not trying to corrupt, uh, protect your your crappy empire that's cr- crashing as we speak. That's the reality of it. It's just this desperation. Like, do it. Hey, I don't care. You better be people What have we got to do to keep the lights on? We've got to get some people in here that can pay taxes. They're panicking. And they're making it worse, certainly in the short run. I mean, if you just look at it from an economic perspective— It should theoretically balance itself out. There are going to be tons of opportunity, but nothing to buy. You watch. This country is in big, big trouble. U.S. debt draining your family's finances. You, your wife, your kids will each be responsible for $3,000 next year just for the interest on the debt. Go figure that out. $9,000 burden to my family. For interest on debts, some of which were acquired before I was even freaking born. You tell me how that's fair. You tell me how that's just. Uh, Auto workers lash out at Biden. They lashed out at Trump. The surge, uh, the rise of surge pricing, using uh, algorithms to adjust pricing, and they think that they can charge more and create a frenzy and just getting ripped off more and more. Spotify's billion-dollar podcast bet turns into a serial drama. I told you it was a waste. There's not that much money in podcasting. Uh, A big fugazi. They should have left the the radio networks alone. Um, RFK Jr. says BlackRock is making it impossible to own a home in America. He says that something like 30% of the homes being bought, single-family homes in this country, are being bought by BlackRock entities. I think he's wrong. I think he's mistaken about that, by the way. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but frequently in real estate run-ups, investors will be purchasing like 30% of the homes on the market. And they're flipping them. And when the market is going up, and we saw it here in our town, it's been great. Uh, you know, There's houses here that were some of them were built um, late 70s, early 80s. And know, my father built some of them. How's that? And lo and behold, they're ready to be updating now. Need new windows, new siding, things like that, new roofs. They need an upgrade. Probably the AC systems and things like that, right? So ready for upgrades. A lot of them coming due at the same time. Well, homeowners don't do it because we've got the same problem as the, the government. We don't, we don't set aside money to take care of this stuff, right? You're like, hey, what do you want to do? Should we save an extra 1000 for the roof when it comes time, or you know, should we go have a good time this weekend? Well, you know what happens in that equation, right? Most people choose the latter, so the house falls in disrepair. Then you get old and you're like, I can't keep up with this place. Next thing you know, it's stolen in a estate sale and the house looks like it's falling apart. You've seen this a million times. Well, the investors go in and they buy that up and it's a great deal. It really is. Um, I, I'm not saying that every one of these purchases is a great deal, but uh, they go in and they update the home and they sell a complete package to the homeowner uh, who gets some nice low monthly payments, or at least they were. Um, but I think that's fairly common. But the fact of the matter is, There's huge pressure on housing right now. And whatever you want to blame it on BlackRock or the immigrants, there's a huge glut. Regulation, no plan. And the net result of all this is, I don't know where my kids are going to freaking live. It's nuts to me. German car company issues an energy price warning inside the ad boycott that has Facebook on the defensive. This was Politico. Um... Three days in, 800 companies worldwide have pulled millions of dollars in advertising from the social network with brands from Coca-Cola to Ford to global conglomerate Unilever demanding that Facebook monitor hate speech more aggressively. The advertisers are controlling these platforms. They were controlling all media, man. That's how it works. Like We're, we're supporting this financially. We won't have a say in what's going on with our brand. Auto union boss wants a 40% raise, 32-hour work week. Why aren't we seeing that? If nothing else, with all this liberal loonyism, why aren't we at least seeing the work week reduced? Uh, It'll destroy business, it really will. High-ranking Ukrainian officials accused of embezzling $62 million. Your tax dollars, hard at work. Biden administration seeks long-term Ukraine aid plan. They want to prevent the next president from putting a stop to it. Poor Americans tap debt, buy less food as consumer cracks widen. Robert Kiyosaki warns that America is broke. A crash landing is coming. Uh, Business boom fueled by travel events. Uh, I guess that's good, but that's going to come to a halt too. Um, Prolonged Hollywood strikes could lead to an absolute collapse. I think it's done, quite frankly, and nobody even noticed. TV just went away, and nobody even cared. Colorado family trying to live off-grid died of malnutrition and hypothermia. Why is there so much fear of people living off-grid? I was having a great conversation the other night with a friend of mine who wants to do it. If I was set up a little differently, I would absolutely um, have a second property way away somewhere that was completely Uh, off-grid. Saudi Arabia, uh, cutting production, pushing up prices. You can tell who they want to be president. One of the uh, biggest cable TV companies says cable TV isn't working. No kidding. Uh, Elon Musk just put it to rest when he said legacy media. Five key demands House conservatives are making or before taking uh, partial government shutdown. Shut it down. They should not bend. Incomes drop for the third year in a row. Oh, it's just me. NFL viewership was strong in week one. I threw this out there. just because It's crazy to me. But, you know, my thought is I think they're lying about the numbers. First time in my life I'm not doing a football pool this year. I would have quit years ago. I tried to. My good friends told me, no, we get, we've we been doing this. We're going to keep doing it. I never even watched the game. I was still doing the pool. It ended. Don't tell me I'm the only one. Uh, Caesars Entertainment paid millions to hackers who got into their system. They needed it to stay in business. It's unbelievable, the hackers breaking in. Uh, it was shortly after that I saw changes in the computer. So, what does all this tell you? That the country is on a fast path of destruction. I was listening to a talk the other day. School teachers in districts in our area that are considered somewhat affluent areas. Well, the county that the school is in is a is a wealthy, you know, nationally high on the wealth scale, and they have quite a number of students who have no place to live. You can see the evidence in these places where. Uh, the cars around the apartments, the parking lots are completely full, over full. What's the change? People buying more cars? No. Because you got seven, eight people living in a one-bedroom apartment. And then they'll go sleep in the park because it's, it's got more peace than being crammed in some crappy apartment with seven other people. And I'm probably exaggerating, you know. I don't think it's quite quite that bad in most cases. Some cases it is. But most young people today, I think, are sharing an apartment, sharing a place to live and can't afford food. Unbelievable to me. And Biden just sits there with complete contempt. It's not who we are. Give up your money. Give it all up. I don't know. I don't understand how people continue to put up with it. And I think that there, there is an anger brewing. I think with this government shutdown, you see it. But I'm going to tell you that everybody's missing the point. And this is where I think I get very nervous that the Democrats are going to be continue to lead the way on this. I'll tell you why. I don't think that first of all the Republicans we know aren't unified, so there's no unified effort there to fix this at all. And you know, you've got some radical segment, and thank God they're there doing something right. But they don't—they don't have any big, uh, you know, um, lobby or group that they can, you know, exercise much power. That's why Obama's laughing. He's like, <laughs> you radicals gonna shut down the government? It's not gonna go very well. And Biden knows he's been doing it for 150 years now. I can tell you all the times the Republicans shut down the. Now you hear the talk. Now this is funny, right? You make a note of this. So this cycle with the Democrats and the White House and their agenda. Don't you dare shut down the government. It would be very bad for Republicans politically if you shut down... It's a very dangerous idea. They're playing with fire to shut down this government. Right? Scary. Now, you watch when the roles are reversed, when Trump's in office. And he won't approve their tranny treatment or their war. Shut it down. He's not going to be a real... Watch. Watch how they flip. They'll give you every reason why, too. Well, we have to... We have no other choice... Because of this lunatic in the office. Oh, okay. This is back to Trump's fault again. Bottom line is nobody's really attacking the issue, which is the fiat money. They don't know how to get off it. It It's like the worst drug addiction the world has ever seen. We're going to go down harder than than, than China under Mao. This is going to be uglier than any communist takeover that's ever been seen. It's not even a. It's just going to be pure mayhem. Communism would have been a better option than this mayhem that we're about to endure. That they're just going to flood our country with with people from all over the world. Wow, wow. I saw a story. I think Dan sent it to me. Dan, thank you for all the articles. Thank you for all the emails. I've been a little behind. I can't thank you guys enough. Keep them coming. Been a little slow responding. I apologize, but I read every one. And I appreciate the links that contribute to the show. I throw them in my notebook. It helps me out. I'm only one person. You know what I mean? I need a little help sometimes. And I appreciate the camaraderie. Dan sends me this story. It appeared to be an immigrant. I don't know. Brown-skinned woman goes up to a little black girl, 13 years old. Where was she at? McDonald's, I think. Goes up and starts wailing the hell out of the girl. There's a bunch of people standing there. Didn't even know her nothing. Just a random act of violence. Nobody would help this girl. No, this is in the ghetto. The lady yells out, what are you looking at? I beat up kids. And she just walks away. And this 13-year-old girl, I saw the pictures, her eyes all swollen up. Lucky she wasn't killed. I look at these stories, I say to myself, where are the parents? Like my, You know, my daughter's eight, about to be nine, you know. Good luck finding her. She's drop-dead gorgeous. Good luck finding her somewhere by herself. Good luck finding her without an eye. We know. We we think we got 14 layers of freaking security on this. Good luck. Good luck. And then imagine that somebody was able to. Imagine that woman. Just What you know of me, imagine that happened to my daughter. I I sent a letter to our chief of police here after those cops beat up that guy down in Memphis. I said, I sure hope our police department has a firm policy against face strikes. I'll ask you, what do you think my reaction would be if I sat video five cops doing that to my son? Let me tell you, at that point, and I know I'm not alone in this kind of thinking, and this is what these dumb bastards don't understand. I'm going to tell the story like this. Let me see if I can pull it up. This is a great opportunity. I was trying to close out the podcast. I have written a new book that I'm very excited about. You've heard me talk about it. Page 70. Let me read it to you. My good friend who encouraged me to write this told me to take this chapter out. And I'm doubling down on it. It's a little long. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a little opportunity to hidden sample for you. This excerpt was posted by an article in MHQ. The United States Marines had driven about 100 miles in 100 hours, defeated seven Iraqi divisions, destroyed 1,000 tanks, 600 armored vehicles, and 400 artillery pieces and taken 22,000 prisoners, all at the cost of five killed and 48 wounded. At a February 27th press briefing in, uh, uh, man, I forgot to say uh, Riyadh, 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 Saudi Arabia, Schwarzkopf praised the Marines saying, can't read the word in my own book, yes, that just happened. <laughs> Schwarzkopf praised the Marines saying, it was a classic, absolutely classic military breaching of a very, very tough minefield, and I think it will be studied for many, many years to come as the way to do it. Stay with me, I'm going to make a point here. Minefields have been a military strategy used for decades to protect territories and troops. They are designed to be difficult to navigate with mines placed in unpredictable patterns and hidden from view. The element of surprise of these attacks is one of the main reasons why minefields are so effective as they can cause severe damage to vehicles and Marines that step on them. The other advantage is that minefields are are a set-it-and-forget-it type of arrangement, which means that once they are placed, they can remain uh, active for years without any maintenance. This makes them an ideal defense strategy as they can continue to protect the area even when the enemy is not nearby. It remains in place in the event the threat returns. In this case, the minefields were the last line of defense between us and the remaining Iraqi troops. They were crucial in ensuring the safety and security of their troops and created a significant hindrance in the success of our mission. Despite the challenges of navigating through the minefields, we were able to overcome them and achieve our objectives. Before our arrival, Marine combat engineers had already worked tirelessly to clear the minefields in order to create a passageway through called a breach. The task was daunting and required the use of a wide array of tools and tactics. Despite the challenges, the engineers persisted and were eventually able to create an opening that was barely wide enough for a convoy to pass through. As we approached the minefield, we noticed that combat, Marine combat engineers were present and standing guard. They had marked the entrance to the minefield with small flags and stationed a Marine at the entrance to guide us through the area. It was made clear to us that we needed to move slowly and with caution as the path was soft and wet and there was a risk of sliding off the path and into the minefield. With my truck carrying a whopping 20,000 pounds of explosives, hitting a mine would have been nothing short of catastrophic. By the time we had reached the point of breaching the minefields, we were beat up pretty good. I think we were operating on pure adrenaline by that point. The journey had been arduous. And taken its toll on us. We had gone for months without proper sleep, feeling tired, dirty, and famished, yet we were determined to press on. Looking back, it's amazing how much I had changed since the 17-year-old kid that got dropped off at Paris Island. I had been through boot camp, school, made it to Hawaii, deployed to Okinawa, and now here. There's a unit photo of us just before leaving Okinawa to go back to Hawaii. It was taken just a few weeks before we deployed again. Uh, in the Okinawa photo, we are all in great shape, and it's apparent in the way we fill out our uniforms. The next unit photo I have was taken on the night before a raid mission somewhere in the middle of the desert west of the Persian Gulf. We had all lost weight, and more was to come. It's difficult to put into words, but our attitude had changed significantly. We had become so accustomed to the danger and the risks that they no longer seemed to phase us. We had become almost numb to the constant threats that loomed over us. I was attached to gun one, the first gun, naturally. That meant that I was either the first to go or the last to go during our missions. For the minefield breach, I was the last to go. As I sat there at the entrance, watching the convoy pass through the minefield ahead of us, I couldn't help but feel a sense of complete indifference. Although I knew the dangers that lay ahead, I just couldn't shake the feeling of apathy that had taken a hold of me. The A driver who was with me kept asking what I was doing, but I couldn't find the words to respond. I just stared ahead in a trance. It was kind of like sleepwalking, kind of like a trance-like state. It wasn't until the last truck had passed through that I finally decided to take action. Without a second thought, I pressed my foot down on the accelerator as hard as I could, and I began driving through the minefield full speed. The driver who was with me, the A driver who was with me, was understandably panicked. And held on tight to the grab bar as we made our way through uh, the minefield. As we drove, I couldn't help but feel a sense of reckless abandon. I didn't care about the danger or the consequences of my actions. It was like a rush of adrenaline had taken over my body, and I was living in the moment. The combat engineers on the ground near our area started running away, but I didn't pay them any mind. My only focus was on getting through the minefield as quickly as possible. At one point, I glanced down and saw the top of one of the mines barely a foot from the tire of the truck, but it didn't even faze me. We finally made it to the other side of the minefield in one piece. This is kind of funny. The rest of the unit had already passed through and was moving on, seemingly unaware of what had just happened. I don't think they even noticed anything had happened. Just another day in the life, another day in the field with Marines. My friend who... Uh, encouraged me to write this and had read that for me he said you got to take that out you sound like you're nuts and I said it's an important part of the story my friend like a rabid damn dog you understand me mess with one of my kids and don't see if that dog doesn't come back and I'm I'm not trying to talk tough it's not my thing I'm 52 years old I've already done what I needed to do all I'm looking for is a nice quiet life and to be left alone and other people have said this too When the people who just want to be left alone start showing up, you might want to start getting a little more careful. And I'm going to tell you something. All this illegal immigration, all this trashing of the country, there are those of us that know how to deal with it. And when the time is right, believe me, we will. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. I sure hope to see you there. Make it a great weekend and do something to invest in yourself. You'll appreciate it down the road. See you soon. Make it a great day.